of all the great leaders to ever walk the earth, you have to agree that Jesus Christ is the greatest of them all because, well, for one thing, he's the only one that was the living God. And he had some, well, counterintuitive things to say about leadership. I'm Pastor Russell Howard, and we'll talk about it today on Beyond the Notes. I believe it's the greatest leadership lesson ever taught. And I suppose you could you could maybe have a debate about that, but you'd probably start that debate at a disadvantage. And the reason you'd start that debate at a disadvantage is because this is the this is the most crucial leadership training moment in all of history as Jesus the night before he goes to the cross is training those disciples who will, after his departure from the earth, after the crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension, they will form what Ephesians 2.20 calls the foundation of the church. So they're critically important leaders. This night before the cross is a critically important moment, and this lesson on leadership is a critically important lesson. Maybe somewhere you could identify in history a more critical one, but I kind of doubt it. And the lesson was, a, was an object lesson. We talked about it this last Lord's Day at McGregor, this moment where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And, and we covered this, and if you've uh, got access to our podcast channel, you can go back and review it if you didn't view it or if you weren't here. This business of washing their feet was the, the filthiest, nastiest, job any slave could be given. It was a punishment job. It was an insult job. It was a job you didn't want to do because the dirt on the feet of people who had been in urban Jerusalem all day would be covered in um, sewage-type mud because that's what flowed in the streets of Jerusalem. And for Jesus to stand up and take upon himself the role of washing those disciples' feet would be a horrifically shocking thing. And we can see that in the passage in John 13, as as Peter especially objects very, very strongly to Jesus doing that. But after everything was done and that, that moment had passed, Jesus made the statement in John 13, 15, I have given you an example that you also should should do just as I have done to you. And with that statement, Jesus again, and I say again because of another passage I'm going to show you in a minute, Jesus again solidifies the the concept, the idea that in his way of looking at things, which automatically gets credit for being right (laughs) since he's God, that in his way of looking at things, servanthood is the heart of of effective leadership. Now, there's no question that if you're a, if you're a leader, you are charged in your sphere of leadership to to move things along in a given direction. That's practically the functional definition of a leader. But our um, cultural vibe, and I suspect this has always been the case in a fallen world, is that the way you do that is you find a way to 
at worst coerce and manipulate and at best by some sort of poke with a stick motivate people to do the thing you want them to do ultimately for your purposes. And this this business of, of coercion and manipulation and even motivation of others, if that motivation is for, is for my ends and my aggrandizement and making me as the leader a bigger deal, there's something profoundly, profoundly wrong with that compared to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords washing sewagey mud off his disciples' feet as he knelt in front of them. It wasn't the first time he had made a stunning statement about leadership. In fact, in that, in that same week, earlier in the week, in a, in a moment that's, that's recorded in uh, the Gospel of Matthew back in chapter 20, the Gospel of Mark in chapter 10, the Gospel of Luke in Luke 22, I look at the Matthew one. It's, it's during the last week of his earthly ministry. Uh, and I look at Matthew 20, starting in verse 20. The mother of the sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, two of Jesus' disciples, came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? And she said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. Make sure my boys get the prominent chairs and the prominent leadership positions and the high rank in this kingdom you speak so much about establishing. And Jesus answered, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? And they said to him, we are able. And he said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and my left is not mine to grant. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. Now, we're not going to chase that rabbit, but Jesus basically said to them, I'm not going to sit here right now and assign you a place of, of prominence in the coming kingdom. And when the ten heard it, <laughs> they were indignant at the two brothers. Now, what that means is they, <laughs> they got upset that they didn't think of it first is probably what it means, this jockeying for position and prominence power, this desire to be a big deal. And Jesus called them to him and said, and here it comes, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. That is, you know, out there in the unbelieving world that doesn't know me, the most important leaders get a great deal of prominence and position. And they get to just plain tell other people what to do. Their great ones exercise authority over them. And if you stop right there, you would say, well, of course, Jesus, that's how leadership works. But Jesus kept talking. It shall not be so among you. Now, some things are, are hard to deal with in the Bible because they're so complex. This is hard to deal with because it's so simple. Jesus said this leadership model that's about power and prominence and, 
telling other people what to do is not the leadership model you, my followers, should emulate. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you're going to lead, you will be responsible for enabling those around you to see the right direction and to follow it. That is baked into what it is to lead. But your means can't be coercion and manipulation and your end can't be self-aggrandizement, making yourself a bigger deal, or you're just not leading in the way that Jesus both commanded here and exemplified the night before he went to the cross. And you say, well, yeah, but if I don't lead with a whip and chair, people won't follow me. I, I don't know that you get to argue with the Lord's clear direction based on your pragmatic perceptions. Be very, very careful with that. So let's look at the leadership example of Jesus and let's try to follow it. There's a risk when someone who, who occupies, a, by the grace of God, a, a, a really privileged position of leadership, as I do, without a, a apology or uh, without shuffling my feet and saying, oh, shucks. Uh, and it's my prayer even that those I lead would, would not perceive that my tools are manipulation and coercion. And I pray they would see that I know how to serve. Um, and I hope you'll join me in a leadership journey that is built on that sort of foundation. By now, I hope you're, you're following and sharing and liking and all the other social media verbs one does. And uh, tell a friend about our podcast. And I will look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Beyond the Notes.